this a Christmas song? No. Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. I was doubting you for a second. I was like, this is our Christmas episode. Oh, my God. I didn't realize. This is our Christmas episode. Very exciting. It's extremely exciting. Welcome back to the Gentleman's Dojo. To my right, comedian Steve Byrne. Now From Pittsburgh. <laughs> you never get it right. No, I always do. Man, I had do to this. prompt you to say, oh my God, Gary. Let's do this. To my left, Gary Cannon from Detroit, Detroit, Michigan. By the way, my mom is still puffing out her chest from her appearance on this show. I got to tell you, I, still loves we were talking just before we started yeah. taping this, and I said, I probably listened to that episode five or six times. It's really probably one of my favorite episodes. Up until today, what we do today, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will tell you, though, my mom, when we were listening to it back at the house, she was puffing out her chest, and she's like, rewind that part again. Like, she was, like, literally <laughs> wanting to hear the line that she dropped. But well, this, she this did one, a great job. This one is uh, close to topping that. We haven't even done it yet. We haven't even done it yet. No. But this is our very special Christmas episode, and we thought, what better way to yeah. do a Christmas episode and celebrate Christmas, obviously, than with our good friend, uh, executive producer of Sullivan and Son. That's how you met him yes. initially. And he's here today in studio, Mr. Peter Billingsley. Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> nice applause. Wow. Mike's even wow. giving an applause. Wow. Three guys Usually applauding. the producers are uh, half in the bag just sleeping yeah. in the, do you the think as an actor? Do you think as an actor it's better to have no credits or Sullivan and Son listed on a resume? What's here better? Here we Sorry. Go. Um, no offense to your work. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. Let's see, we're uh, starting here, making the guests feel comfortable. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Jumping right I mean, in. Not take even... a shot at him, make him feel cozy. Made the 45 right minute the drive in. Yeah, I know. yeah, start the clock after I see the over under is five to seven minutes, but you beat it in 30 <laughs> seconds. So. Two minutes, 10 seconds. Yeah. Yes. Well, no offense happens. to your work, by the way. Oh, no, thank you. Really, not at all taken, Gary. Why would it? Honestly, yeah, of course, right? Speaking of your work, Peter, I mean, obviously, your name is synonymous with this time of year, mm -hmm. yes. with Christmas, obviously, because of A Christmas Story. Uh, how awesome is that, though, just to have your name associated with Christmas? Because you think, like, Jamie Lee Curtis, every time Halloween comes around, yeah. people instantly want to interview her or get to know her, see what she's up to. But you have, like, literally the most kick-ass holiday of the year. It's kind of awesome. I've always loved Christmas, and it it, uh, it was one of those things that you didn't expect it to happen. It was a little movie. The filmmakers had worked for, I think, 10 years to get it made. Nobody wow. nobody wanted to make the movie. It wasn't the sexiest pitch, you know, a 1940s kid wants a BB gun. Right. It was a little hard to raise financing. So they worked real hard. We did it, and it slowly came out, kind of benefited from cable and video because it just sort of opened the theaters. It was, eh, it was kind of, you know, fine. Made a few bucks, but then it kept coming back and back and back. So it was sort of fun to watch it grow. So when you, so when it comes out, in the box office, it doesn't do so great, and then it just kind of disappears because at that time, there's Movies no internet, really have a life. No... no. It was 13 Channel Universe, there was no real cable. That was it. Betamax, maybe Gary had a beta. Did you have one of those? <laughs> we had one. <laughs> the thing with the switch, right? The wire <laughs> the attached remote to the, control. yeah. Exactly right. So someone's like, hey, what's this Christmas story? I'll slap this in the beta. So when when is it that you started noticing uh, an, uh, an uptick, or, or when did you see the turn where the Christmas, where the movie A Christmas Story I don't know, maybe starts? Maybe ten years later, we did it in '83, so probably in the early '90s. It just sort of kept hanging around. By the way, you told me this a long time ago because I was so excited when I first met you guys mm -hmm. on the pilot. But you said that you didn't even realize when you first met Pete that I had he no was idea. the guy from the Christmas Story movie. I had literally no idea, and I'd met you two or three times with a med, and it was always Peter B. Peter B. and I just never put two and two together, sure. and there was one night we hung out at the Velvet Margarita, and I had no idea. 
And then I think it was like Brett or Sebastian one night was like, oh, you know that's Peter from A Christmas Story or Ralphie. I'm like, no way. Are you, are you kidding? Because, you know, you, you meet Peter now. Obviously, you know, I guess if I think about it, you go back and see the pictures. But Pete's like a, a good looking dude. I'm not afraid to say that as a guy. And then you see this cute kid in glasses. And then obviously what you turned out to be. You know, just... <laughs> can we can we Awful. share that story that I that we uh did while we were driving to uh, Detroit that one time where I mentioned about Pete and then I said I just sneezed. <laughs> Please. So what just, is this? You know, you're driving, you're taking a road trip, and I think Ahmed, Roy, and Owen are all sleeping. Right. You're in the front row, front seat with me because I'm driving the whole time because I'm responsible We're driving from Pittsburgh to Detroit. Pittsburgh to Detroit. And then just out of nowhere. Just out know, of nowhere. You say this to me. I said, but he whispers so it. He whispers it. It's just so subtle. I said, I can't even look at you when I say this. I say, uh, I say, I bet Pete has a nice cock. I go, what? I go, what? And then what he, and then what did you say there? to me? I go, what did you say? I said, I just sneezed. <laughs> like it was just like, like it was literally, just like why, what? But he always just turned do these out the jokes window that nobody. But that wouldn't even sound like a joke. That's not even like a setup and a punchline. That's just a thought. Now, I got to ask you something. What is your favorite memory from having done the film, A Christmas Story? Do you have a favorite memory uh, when you look back, uh, obviously, that you associate with the film? On the film? Yeah. Well, I always loved Christmas, too. So we shot it in January in Cleveland. We were It was a low-budget movie, so downtown Cleveland kept the city decorations up for us. Ah. So every day was like Christmas over and over and over. Um, And probably, if we're sort of nerding out on the movie, the sled that they built, like the little slide when you sort of go up to see Santa, Mm -hmm. like during lunch, we just rode it over and over and over. Uh Because like, you guys have got to stop. (laughs) If you get hurt, we can't continue the movie. I said, I don't care. We go head first, back head first, flipping. It was just a lot of fun to do. But it was a little... For me, because I lived in Arizona, it was kind of odd. Like, the child labor laws were very different, and it was before there was a lot of restrictions. So I was working sort of 12-hour days on the film a lot. And it was a lot of work to get done, but it was a lot of fun. So it starts in January. When does it finish? How long does it take to to film that movie? It took like two and a half months. It was sort of a pretty big production schedule. And went to Canada, shot all the interiors and a soundstage up there. So it it was a lot. And no one... I mean, no one expected anything from it. So the house that is still there is just the exterior. The exterior. No, of the I house. think someone's built it into a museum, from what I've heard. Yeah. Oh, you, you've it, not it been was, there. No, I've not. It's the shell, and then I think he built the inside into a museum and. Okay. Kind of show memorabilia and do stuff like that. Have you been back to Cleveland since having filmed? Yeah, we went back. Uh, we did some Wild West comedy shows there, and we've been back through. Okay. Have you made it a point to go see the house, or you just no. you're I mean, just in and out and just yeah, just shows in and out and, quickly. Yeah. Exactly. Because um, when we were in Cleveland, we went to, we were at that mall where the outside of... The exterior yeah. at the very beginning, the the very first shot when you guys are outside the mall, Higby's. I guess, quote unquote, Higby's. Is what yeah. it was, yeah. Yeah, so th- that's Tower City. That right. was the old, uh, um, you know, Elliot Ness is the mayor. That, that's yeah, where for the sure. city officials were all. But now, like, the base is, is actually a mall. Um, do you have a, a, f- uh, a favorite scene from the film? Um, well, I, Steve, I don't watch it on a regular basis. <laughs> well, that, that was going to go into my next question, though. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's hard to avoid. It winds up on in the house. You you, know, when's the last sometimes. time you watched it from A to Z? Well, I watched it a lot in preparation because I did the musical about four years ago. So I sort of was studying the movie. 
more from that, but just to sit down with a cup of Joe and watch it doesn't, you know, doesn't happen on an annual basis. <laughs> Time to watch me. Oh boy, here we go. Oh, hey, I love that part. So other than having to watch it, study it for the musical, you just haven't. Yeah, it's, it's just not like I in bits and pieces. It. It's just that you know, I mean, do you watch reruns of Sullivan? Well, actually, maybe you do. I, I have not. No, since right. The, I mean, yeah. it's it's kind of like it's fun, but it. I do put it on in the house sometimes right. over Christmas or, you know, I have a lot of nieces and nephews and big family and kids and they enjoy it. So it'll go on in the cycle, but, I, you know, I don't necessarily sit down and kind of soak now, it in. How tough is it for you to walk through a mall or a Target or a Walmart, especially at this point of the year, and your face is on T-shirts, on game boards, on mugs, on so much merchandise? Is that kind of jarring or jolting or is it just something well, you've accepted over well, the you, years well, you certainly better accept it because it's not going away <laughs> <laughs> if you're fighting it i think you're in a pretty big losing battle yeah um it's fun it's it listen it's nice that you do a lot of stuff and i had started at two and a half so you have this sort of long career and the one thing i've learned in this business is you don't know which one's gonna pop out and become culturally relevant if you will you right. just don't really know and certain things come out. I was just in the grocery store yesterday, and there's leg lamps everywhere, you know, right. in the wine <laughs> section. You know, and you sort of have that moment of, oh, that's there's not even a sign or the title. There's just that symbol, and everyone knows, oh, it's that movie. Yeah. So certain things cut through culture, certain expressions or phrases or things. And from my standpoint, I'm happy and fortunate that it's sort of a quality movie. You know, it's mm -hmm. not some odd event or just a silly commercial or something like that that kind of stayed around that's kind of annoying. Right. It's a good film. It's touched a lot of people. It affects a lot of people. And it really seems to hit on, I think, even though it's period and long ago, that dynamic of a family that sort of doesn't change. There's something timeless about it, I guess, in that sense. Yeah. You know, there is that that love, but that contention amongst the parents. There's that want of those kids for that great gift. and. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, there's that great love, and it's sort of a celebration of family. So that's, if you're asking, you know, what's out there in the world, that's not a bad thing to have out there. And so the fact that the merchandising is taken off is surprising. You know, nobody expected it from a little talky. You know, it's generally Iron Man or, you know, big Avengers or something that were that would make toys, but not right. that. But who makes who makes all the money off of that merch? Then you guys certainly don't. Well, there's you know contractual percentages of sort of filter down stuff, but the studio owns the copyright to it, so they're able to license to separate vendors. So there's t-shirt vendors and keychain vendors and all that kind of stuff. Do you think the film had a Christmas story never existed? Do you think you could make that film today? Well. Yes, and probably around the same size. You know, films are kind of separating. You're seeing much bigger movies and then sort of more like VOD-ish movies. But that movie was done for $5 million back then. It was definitely considered a small-budget wow. film. Yeah. You know, it was certainly on the lower-budget end of things. Now, when you you'd brought up the musical a little bit ago, and so you went back and studied it, were you nervous to... You know, because I'm sure you've had a thousand pitches with sequels or other variations of the show, but here you are, you're going to produce the show and take it to Broadway. Were you scared of the legacy of the benchmark, I guess, and the cultural phenomenon of, of maybe tinkering with it? But they, they did do A Christmas Story too, didn't they? There was a two. Yeah, I don't know who did that. Right. Not us, not anyone involved. Did they ask the you to original. be involved with that one? I think something, some requests came in, but that was not... You that know, had nothing to do with... Had nothing to do with right. us, or I think it was the studio kind of held the copyright again and allowed somebody to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, those were the things that you sort of look at a movie because they say, like, don't remake good movies, remake bad ones, you know? Sort of a thing right. where maybe you can improve something, so I don't know what... But that was, I guess, him older. 
But the musical was logical. Was I nervous? No, but was I cognizant of mm -hmm. it? Yeah, of course, because it's a lot of people love it. Right. The movie and are almost more protective of it than the filmmakers. You know, they feel it's a part of their lives. But a musical lent itself so well to it. There was no reason for me to ever do anything else with the franchise until the notion of the musical came along because the movie's kind of eccentric and there's fantasy scenes and he's a dreamer. So mm -hmm. all those lent themselves to big musical set pieces. And that's kind of what we did. Right. And so audiences get really excited like when the flagpole flies in because mm -hmm. they know and that becomes a big musical piece of sticking your tongue on a pole. And it lends itself perfectly to it. So there was no blowback from the hardcore fans. and quite, In fact, quite the opposite. They were thrilled to experience the story in a different medium right? that almost elevated it. And then we did more character development with the mom. She gets her own song, if you will, where you yeah. get more character development. The dad storyline does. So did it the was musical, really fun to do. Did the musical start in New York or did it start in Chicago? No, it started in Kansas City at a rep company. Then we oh. did our nonprofit in Seattle. We went to Chicago. Got a big review on the trip, and that kind of launched us into Broadway. And when you guys went to Broadway, I mean, all of those shows were sold out constantly, and it just it got was, a, yeah. a great run. It did. And then you moved it somewhere else from there. Well, then we had done the Broadway run because the holidays were over, and then we just basically began to franchise it out. So it's playing nationally now. Yeah, I was just companies in St. Louis and, and yeah. saw advertisements on the... There's some touring companies. There's some big theaters that produce it on their own. It's kind of a... Not an easy show to replicate, but a show that theaters can replicate on their own. It's got just—it's just a good show. It has a good feeling. It's fun. I gotta ask you this: Having uh, obviously watched the film a thousand times, why do you think people? Because Ralphie, I don't know. I, I get this from the film. He's not like—he's a good kid, but he's not a great kid. I guess in that his his one friend swears, or, or he swears, and he—I think he blames it on his friend, so he gets the soap in the mouth and kind of throws his friend under the bus. His one friend puts gets his tongue on the flagpole, and he doesn't help his friend. His friend's out there in the cold. His brother, he kind of dusts his brother a lot, which I think most older brothers do, which I would I've, I, I did to my little brother. But there's like these little actions where Ralphie could have done the right thing, but you still love Ralphie. I don't know. I, I think you're... You're looking towards, I guess, the end, and you hope the the heck that the, the kid gets rewarded. But those like little beats, I don't know. Do you ever think about that, or is that something I'm just? Is that no? Just in my I think head? it's. I always said it was. It's real. The family members are real. The dad yeah. you can tell's got a bad temper. Yeah. And the mom wants to protect the kids <laughs> from his potential right. threat of yeah. violence. You know, like you can tell the guy's on a hair trigger. Yeah. Making ends meet. She's very kind of traditional but loving, and the kids are kids. I mean, I can imagine, you know, yeah. he's just a real kid. I'm sure you were the same. God knows you were probably swearing <laughs> as a kid, Gary. The yeah. man to my right, Gary Hook, Cannon. Yeah, hooking up with my mom. Michigan, <laughs> popping off to his mom. Yeah. You know, talking shit about kids in the neighborhood. Yeah. Working on how he would diss people later. But you probably loved him. You probably had friends and you were loved. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's, it was, it's real. It wasn't, it seems like... You have these families sometimes in movies that's like the real dark indie family. And ooh, yeah. it's so dysfunctional. Or it's such this disney like, who is that? What family right. is that? You know, everything. And this one just feels, it's messy, it's sloppy, it's real. And at the end of the day, there's love. Do you, and yeah. that's what a family is. Do so you I remember, looking back, back then, what you had to do for the audition for this thing? Just a normal audition as a kid, there was just lots of work. I was told later I was the first, the very first person the director ever saw. And he thought, oh, I think this is the guy. But he's like, well, 
I've seen one person. So then he went for two months, looked at a bunch of people, oh, wow. and it said I was just sort of on his way. Oh, wow. So for whatever reason, it just kind of worked. But it was a normal audition, you know, back then, and probably for kids today, but probably even more so with Nickelodeon and Disney shows and everything. I mean, you could have four auditions. You're doing a commercial, a TV show, a film. You're just going through auditions. But you had done a lot of commercials up until that movie, right? Was this your first kind of big no, I done Yeah, I had done a ton of commercials because I was like 12. I had done some movies and other things. I had done a big movie with Burt Reynolds and just, I don't know. It was I had worked a lot as a kid. I was very fortunate to have stumbled in and had success very quickly. It's so funny because when we were actually auditioning uh, actors for Sullivan and Son, especially Carol, I remember this. <laughs> Peter, you know, you forget that Peter it, it was, you know, this huge child star back in the day. Just because I'm friends with him, you just kind of, you don't think about that. So then you're in a work environment, and literally every woman that came in and auditioned for the role of Carol on Sullivan's Son, you know, I'm growing up, I'm having a crush on this girl, I'm having a crush on that girl. I remember being like 8 or 9 or 10 or 11 or 12, being like, oh my God, I had a crush on her. And every one of them came in and was like, Peter! And they gave him a big hug. I you since they, had, they had all worked together. And right. it was amazing when you saw the actors coming in, just how many people people had worked with Peter. It was, it was pretty amazing. I'm yeah. actually surprised Car- or Chris, Carol, Christine took the job because she's talented. Okay. Okay. Um, here we so go. We're back here. <laughs> and all back around. Clock is Jesus. seventeen minutes. So thirty seconds, and then seventeen Jesus. minutes in. Okay. Well, it's you're exhibiting a lot of self-restraint because you seem to be generally interested in the stories. Yep. Carol and then Owen. Okay. There's a range. Um, <laughs> there's a range. If, so I, the one thing I, I would want to, I think, convey to the listeners or anybody listening is that you know you are so known for being associated with Christmas but I you know if I peel back the curtain and I look back at your at your work present day you are partially responsible for everything that every guy's getting excited about going to see movies nowadays because you kind of generate you and John Favreau spark plug the whole Marvel universe unfolding because at the time you guys worked on the original Iron Man and had the original Iron Man flopped you don't get Thor, you don't get Captain America, you don't get Hulk, and then you don't get the Avengers, Gardens of the Galaxy, everything expanding. So uh, you guys had did not know that at all going into Iron Man. You're just making Iron Man. Is that correct? Yeah. Or did the, they have these things kind of plotted out? They had to? had a plan for sure. It was dependent, as you said, upon the success of Iron Man to trigger it. Right. But, John, I had done a movie called Zathura with John and had produced Dinner for Five and a film called Made which he did with um, Vince after Swingers, which might be <laughs> my favorite it. movie that I've ever done. <laughs> Rent Made, get it? It's, oh it's one of the funniest films, and it's it gets funnier each view. And then I was going to say, then watch it a second time, because there is this sort of this odd tension that you're like, this is not going to end well. <laughs> and then once and in your stomach, and then I'm not going to ruin the ending, but then yeah. once you know where it ends, you, there's certain things that you can enjoy in it. And I loved it. And we had a lot of fun. And then we had done some other stuff together, and so John had had the opportunity to do Iron Man and had asked me to come on uh, to help him collaborate on that. And mm-hmm. at the time, and I think it probably still is the largest independent movie ever because an independent movie is something that's not funded by a major studio. Right. That film was set up to be distributed by Paramount but funded internally by Marvel. Mm-hmm. And they kind of rolled the dice because they had really had primarily the toy business and we're doing Spider-Man but sort of with Sony and X-Men with Fox and they said, all right, we want to start making our own movies. And they had Kevin Feige who um, is president of that studio had they had known where they went because they're 
worlds overlap in the books so well right that they had known that but had iron man not done well i don't i think they would have it the 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 whole thing would have crumbled down yeah i mean even nowadays if you go into any of these you know empire or entertainment weekly or you know buzzfeed or any of these you know geeked out kind of uh websites or publications they always say all right now that a new film's coming out let's rate all the superhero films that have ever come out and iron man is always number one what what do you what do you think you guys got right well robert downey jr for one was yeah. a, you know a tremendous part of that because i think people refer to the marvel tone mm -hmm. which is that you know you expect great action you have sort of real dramatic moments but there's some levity and there's some right. fun and there's some fun in it without ever betraying the stakes and i think that that was the balance and John really wanted with his comedic background, obviously, right, was pushing for a lot of those moments and really kind of created a fun tone for movies where you can experience it um, on a lot of different levels. Mm -hmm. And that seems to have carried on. It doesn't have like the crazy earnestness of some of the other superhero movies before where everything is, yes, it's life and death, obviously, because the world's always hanging in the balance. Right. But you don't, you know, there's a way to do that in a, in a, in a less earnest way mm -hmm. and kind of have a little bit of fun with it. And so that was... And that was, I think, a big part of Robert's performance and what he brought to it. But it was, you know, it was, I guess, a little scary in the sense that you were really hopeful that that would work. And who were guys that almost were Iron Man prior to Downey? Because well, we've all read that there were there was a seesaw, but who could have literally been Iron Man? Any of the major male movie stars were in, you know, there were conversations about it. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that, you know, Marvel, and rightly so, you know, often feels like, you know, that their brand can be in this and the superhero is the brand that you maybe don't need the top five movie star to come in where you do in other films. Right. So at the time Robert was really kind of on his sort of comeback, if you will. Mm -hmm. And the timing really just worked out perfectly. But you guys sparked the comeback. Because yeah, I mean he had done him, a few correct? films, yeah. And and we had really fought to have Robert um in the film and felt like ultimately he was really the best choice and totally was and did an awesome, awesome job. When you look back, I mean, at all the things that you've done from, you know, being a little kid until now, like, what are you most proud of? Like, I mean, obviously there's probably a lot of different things, but if you were to look back and just say, hey, this is the one thing that I, I, I know there's probably many, but what would you say? What would you pick? Well, it, that's certainly one of them. Um, I've done a lot of movies with Vince Vaughn, and we've been good buddies for a long time. We met on an after-school special like 20 years <laughs> yeah. ago, literally when I was an actor, playing a kid on steroids. And um, he played my best friend. And that's that's how you met Ahmed, a friend of Ahmed ours. Ahmed was an extra on that. Right. Literally. No, that's exactly right. I'm sure people yeah. on this podcast yeah. know, know Ahmed. Yes. And he formed a good friendship with Vince. Right. I was still a little snotty back there and back in those times and sort of- How old were you guys back then? I was like 20. Wow. Uh, or night or nineteen, and Vince is twenty. Mm -hmm. So this was, you know, almost twenty-five years ago, and we formed a good friendship. And Ahmed and Vince became good friends, and then you know all of us did, really going forward. So I guess in the sense that I'm, I'm really thrilled that I've been able to make the transition kind of from because child actors don't have the best <laughs> traditional <laughs> sure. legacy and reputation. Why um, do you think that was different for you though? Because you a hear good so many. Yeah, it's just it's not the most exciting answer, but it's the truth. Mm -hmm. I had a good balance. I had a tough dad. I had a loving mom. I had perspective doing the work, and I see it because I work with kids all the time, and I see the ones that are gonna that are gonna be okay, and the ones that are just hell on wheels, and the parents are pushing them into it. Because did you want to get into acting like early on, or did you have an interest in it, or how well, did that? Because you just grew up in Arizona. I was born in New York and started doing commercials there. It was just sort of a fun thing to do, but this was pre. 
Disney and Nickelodeon generation. This was pre-cable. It was just sort of like, oh, they're cute kids, me and my brother, and maybe we could get a little commercial or something. Right. Fun, no aspiration beyond that. And it just, for whatever reason, kind of blew up for me. It just started going. Right. And I just started work. I got the first, I, the first thing I ever did was an audition for Geritol um, <laughs> with Betty Buckley. And she was just saying, when you have kids like these, take Geritol twice a day. And I was sitting there. And, you know, I got it and then just kept working. I guess I was just sort of a cute kid with an aptitude for it. <laughs> and how many commercials do you, do you, do you know the number of? Over 100. Wow. wow. Yeah. And this is back in the, when the, when the, in the those are national commercials. Yeah. As opposed to today, there's regional commercials. Yeah, it's still some, city, some but... regional and stuff before a lot of the good contracts for it. My, oh, my. Yeah. Um, I got to ask you, so obviously you're so synonymous with Christmas and the movie, but is there a film you had done in your past that you would have thought, this is the one that I would have thought people would have known me for as opposed to this one just taking off. I had been a part of a lot of films that, like in the 70s and early 80s before Christmas Story, that were big movies. Mm -hmm. I did a movie called Honky Tonk Freeway. It was directed by John Schlesinger. It's kind of getting a little cult following now. Right. It's really pretty bad. Yeah. But a bunch of people, they put an elephant on water skis. They had rhinoceros <laughs> running on freeways. This is before CG. So this was real <laughs> This shit. is real they, elephant they, on water Literally skis? an elephant pulling on. I mean, it was just <laughs> crazy as shit. And at the time, it was like the Terminator 4 of its day. It was like $26 million in 1979. Wow. And nearly sunk. The studio was a bomb. <laughs> I did a movie called Paternity with Burt Reynolds. At the time, he was like the Tom Cruise box office guy of his day. Yeah. Total bomb. <laughs> and all of them, were, I was told like, hey, kid, you're going to be a star in this one. And none of them ever panned out. So the fun thing kind of about A Christmas Story was it was more of a lunch pail movie. Like, people were just going to work and working. Right. And there was a vision for it, and they were excited. There was no hype. There was no, kid, this is this is your time to shine. And that was all I kept hearing, and it was just bomb after bomb. <laughs> I thinking, what am I, the, am I like the curse of these movies? And so it was sort of, even Christmas Story came out, I was like, all right, well, at least they weren't raising the bar. Right. And then it became the one. But a lot of those, you just, you you know, I didn't buy into that. I was just a little kid. I was having fun. But right. all that stuff at the time was supposed to be the next big thing. And none of them ever were. And how did you, how did you like working in TV, like doing Sullivan and Son? Here we how, go. No, I'm being told. Like, how did you like doing <laughs> that? As, because obviously a movie, you don't know what the direct result is for well, months Well, you know this later. because this is what you do and this is what stand-up does, right? You get an instant reaction. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and we've all, I'm sure you talked about it, the the kind of drug of the crowd that you guys feed off of, the response, you have a good set, it can kind of bum your night out or your week, your month, you have some great ones, it feels good. There's also something great about comedy getting an instant response. And I think in film, you know that if you're doing something, you're trusting it, you know, but you don't really know until the first test audience. And a lot of the stuff you think was funny isn't or vice versa. Mm -hmm. But the great thing about the sitcom format, and it's too bad it's going away, and I think it's reputationally got that sort of, oh, it's more pedestrian humor, but there's something really fun and exciting and immediate about a live audience response. Mm -hmm. And even though a lot of shows pump in a ton of canned laughter, we didn't do a lot of that, and we knew if stuff was working, and there's something exciting about that. I think there's an energy that's very different than a film set, which I've had a lot of people come visit, and you know, before the lunch, they're like, I don't mean to be rude, but you mind if I go home? Because it's <laughs> yeah. just boring. Yeah, that's Everyone's how you met like, your can fiance. I, can I come to the set? <laughs> <Yeah>. Scary? <laughs> <laughs> 
I God. gotta go. <laughs> oh boy. So how? What is it like wow. though? As to go back to something we were talking about earlier. If you're talking about reactions, what was your? How did you feel hearing that reaction in a live audience setting when you do a Christmas story for the first time on Broadway in New York City? Oh, that was good. Well, we had tested a lot through Seattle and other places, so we were pretty confident with the show. Mm -hmm. But it was it was quite a, a a nice experience for me, right? And was sort of a a, a full circle experience for me in a way because right. of having done that as a young guy. Having never done anything, I was quite good friends with the director who had passed away mm -hmm. before, and um, seeing that come off the way it did and being really proud of it, I think everyone collectively, it was such a nice feeling and sort of a great punctuation. Right, right. For the franchise and for the experience having been involved with it. Now, I gotta ask you this, because we're getting towards the finish line, what is your favorite Christmas story? What do you like to watch at this time of year, maybe that, that is always in the repertoire for you? I'm a big Elf fan. Yeah. yeah, I got it. Yeah, I mean it's it's just really really funny, and um, you know we've covered how much I watch a Christmas story uh, <laughs> earlier. <laughs> um, so if I'm not watching a Christmas story, Steve, um, and settling down, you know, and just really soaking it in, um, I think Elf is the one for me that's really kind of growing on me. Well, we can't back you? you enough. Do you think that some of the newer Christmas movies they just try to produce? I mean, because I don't think there's been a a great new Christmas movie in a long time. Like I the agree one that with you. one that really just kind of stands out. I mean, you see that Hallmark will reproduce these these movies, and but and that's it, what I'm saying. They're afraid. They're no almost afraid ones. to go there. It's like it's too dignified. Yeah. It's like it's not real. You can you're like that's not real. Right. right. And I mean, our family takes place in the 1940s in that movie, but it feels as relevant today as it did. Then. Yeah. Like yeah, it does. It, it almost seems like there's no, you know, it's the typical when you watch these Hallmark original movies. You know, it's the 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 grumpy dad who doesn't believe in Christmas anymore. But but there's it's no the same story. I don't think that yeah. there's any good ones that. Well, what you about know, the Steve Byrne and Gary Cannon Christmas story? Well, we could maybe yeah. there's something there. <laughs> oh my god, these two lovable guys don't. Where no. for Christmas I go around passing out Steve CD to everybody and then making fun of it. And kids don't want it. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Okay. Kids are like, I'd rather have nothing this year. <laughs> Get out of your ass. That's up. a good first scene. Why, <laughs> God. why don't you build on that? We've we've hit that mark. Why don't That's the grab. Tell everybody quickly, what you're giving away. This quickly, quickly. Yeah. I want to ask Pete this. What was your favorite uh, Sullivan and Son episode that we did out of three seasons? Uh, Hank's Beach, for sure. That was your... That yes, was absolutely. Season one? That was season one. Okay. That was the season finale of season one. It, okay. I was wondering On a which... very special Sullivan and Son. Yeah, it was a right. And and I will say this. Well, let, let me give the thing away, and then I will. Uh, I have something uh, nice to say, which is rare. Um, we this was cool. Go ahead, I, go ahead, yeah. Okay, great. Um, so we always give something away here. Uh, oh, great. At the uh, at the, the show. Dojo. Cool. And uh, we're actually giving away two prizes today, Steve, in yeah. honor of the Christmas spirit. We have a uh, Fitbit um, oh, charge wow. uh, wireless wristband that we're giving away. Cool. And uh, a pair of uh, Beats wireless uh, earphones. Headsets. Wow, that's very nice. So yeah, we, that, that's like a four hundred dollar value that we like to give wow. away. We have great sponsors here at the dojo, Clearly. and so uh, we're gonna. What, what caller you, you got? That. What, what caller do you want us to uh, give? Uh, how many do we have on the line? Well, a lot of them. I mean, you know, yeah. it's like it's, it's it's really blowing up. Yeah. <laughs> I say I say. I don't know 10. if I have to pick between one or two. <laughs> or go I can go up to fifty. Under ten. Yeah. Well, that sort of sets the bar appropriately. Okay, uh, let's go with caller number four. 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 Which is the same amount of uh, viewers for Sullivan and Son. Okay. 
Give us a phrase that pays. Yeah, phrase that pays, caller four, beats headphones, and a Fitbit wristband. And uh, you got uh, got the prizes. Yeah. yeah but let me is. let me just say this. Yeah, I, I, I've done a lot of warm-up, a lot of different shows. Steve was kind enough to bring me in and, and do Sullivan and Son, which was my first uh, sitcom that I ever did warm-up on, which was amazing. Wow. And uh, which was true for most of the people working on the show. And uh, <laughs> But I will tell you, it was it was a true, true... Because I remember when I saw that you were part of the show, I was so thrilled that you know I got to work with you and it was just great. And you know I've done a lot of different shows over the years and I will tell you no bullshit that the crew from top to bottom, I mean, you talk to anybody that I still run into who worked on that show, Sullivan and Son, said what a great vibe that was. And that's just because of you guys. I mean, it just comes from top down. And it was just such a fun show to do. And I just remember when I wanted to go see Book of Mormon in New York. You were kind enough to get me these great tickets. And it really was just this great vibe and just this great energy. And you just don't find that on a lot of shows. So, you know, I mean, it's unfortunate. Nobody liked the show. Um, but uh, <laughs> I just, sure I fun making it. Gary? <laughs> well, I can't end on just a, this passionate uh, speech. Oh, my God. You'll lose your audience, Gary. <laughs> God forbid. Take a shot. My chin's right here. It's a freebie. Take it, baby. Well, you can follow Peter. You're on Twitter now. No, right? I, no, I was. I kind of came oh, on, good. but I, I have not been servicing it. I will get back to it, I promise soon. Are you So your account's still alive? Yes, it is. My it's account is alive. At official Peter B. Correct. Correct. And you have a lady at now? Is official that true? Peter B. Yes, I'm now actually engaged but well, we're, we're at the 33 minute mark right yeah well, well alright sorry um, just cause your relationship he says you have a lady now just cause Steve's relationship isn't working out don't shit on this guy would you shut the yeah. fuck up my do you God. have a lady Gary I do Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How's that she looks like out? she's <laughs> every time you see a picture of that. Um, so, so if you're out there, go see a Christmas now story. End. The musical. It's playing in cities nationwide. Um, hang out with Peter. TBS, 24 hours. I Christmas think Eve, writers of Christmas Day. Be, yeah, and tune into Every Family exciting. on December 18th. That's right. Bill Burr. So, Dece- what is it? December 18th. Netflix, F is for Family, Bill Burr's new show. And the Joe Buck Show. That's right. And the Joe Buck Show, Undeniable. We're a lot of fun. Yeah. Peter's got his hands in everything, so just remember, next time you see Iron Man, Pete was part of that. Uh, Steve Byrne, Gary Cannon, thank you so much for listening. Merry Christmas, everybody. All things comedy. Yeah, you want to say Merry Christmas? Yeah, Merry Christmas. It's been a great run. Hey, guys, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Thank you to our guest, Peter Billingsley. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. The snow.